Good evening, creeps, and welcome aboard Tales from the Crypt Airlines Flight 666, offering direct service from your living room straight to hell. So slip on your dead set and get ready for tonight's in-fright entertainment. Fellow fiends, welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week we're talking Tales from the Crypt with Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood. <laughs> The failed attempt, we'll say, quotations failed attempt to bring Tales from the Crypt from the small screen to the big screen. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode because I think we can both agree, and everyone listening, because you, in your heart of hearts, have to agree that these movies are not great. Okay, It's sure. hard when you're in a, the genre of horror comedy yep. because you're not trying to make a cinematic masterpiece mm -hmm. you're just trying to make people laugh at jokes and jump at gore yeah and i mean ultimately when you think of tales from the crypt these aren't really tales from the crypt stories the way tales from the crypt always played out but i will say i definitely feel a ways about one of them and another i actually enjoy <laughs> i'm meh about both of them All right, but well... we'll get into that later What's keeping you creepy this week, John? Well, uh, it's been an exciting time for news, I suppose. We have a ton of announcements. Not for us, but no, no, for no, horror no. in general. <laughs> right, yeah, like if you're a horror fan, it's an exciting time. First off, uh, obviously, Halloween just began filming this last weekend. Super exciting. Yeah, we don't know anything else, but we got a photo from the director's chair, and holy crap, Bam. that's exciting. Right, I'm buying that director's chair on eBay. I don't know where they're filming it, though, for there to not be snow, because the whole world I'm right now... I'm pretty sure I saw snow in that photo. ...is in super winter. Yeah. Oh, super winter. It's the worst. <laughs> Guys, we should just live on movie sets all year round. There'd never be snow. <laughs> Can we make it sunny today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously everybody was a little worried because it seemed like production was at a bit of a halt. I don't really remember why. I don't know. There were some delays. Somebody had a source. Yeah, somebody got sick for a day and like, oh, we're a day behind. And everybody's like, it's not coming out this year. Like, whatever. Shit happens, guys. I don't Deal think that's it. what happened, but whatever. No, not at all. <laughs> like, something happened. Uh, also, we have a new trailer for the summer of 84. I'm so fucking excited to see this movie. Yeah, that movie comes from the team behind Turbo Kid, which is this fun, fantastical 80s-esque movie oh yeah and we're getting it again but in Horrorland, so right. i'm super excited for that yeah and we're going to the real post-apocalyptic 80s the suburbs <laughs> teenager dumb yeah and that's premiering later this month at sundance yep. and then probably more festivals before we get there's no release yet but we do have the trailer that's at nofspodcast.com definitely there's also a shit ton of promos coming out for the new season of channel zero butcher's block I still know very little about it. I don't bother to read the creepypastas leading up to each season because uh, I don't necessarily want to ruin it for myself. This season has Rudger Hauer as a bad guy. I uh, He looks fucking menacing in it. Is he the guy from the original Hitchhiker? Yes, he is. Okay. And Blade Runner. I'm really excited to see it. It looks like there's some sort of cannibalistic sort of demon in it and uh, a very evil staircase that leads to nowhere. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. We're still working our way through No End House. We yeah. We just started watching it, and I'm excited for the new season. I have a hard time finding time for television, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this show is so up my alley. It's all those weird haunting visuals that are really trendy in television today, like American <laughs> Horror Story. Sure. But from what I can see from the few episodes I've watched, it's really focusing on creating a scary story. And I feel that's kind of where American Horror Story lacks is in the story aspect. Yeah, it's a lot of style and it's, substance. It's got a lot of threads that it wants to explore, but instead of picking an avenue and following it, it just makes more threads. And then you're staring at a big, messy Christmas tree <laughs> with a bunch of branches. 
I'm really excited for this new season of Butcher's Block. It's premiering early February, I think February 7th on Sci-Fi. But if it's anything like uh, season two, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be able to watch the first episode or two leading up to that, that premiere. So keep an eye on the site. If those episodes are available on YouTube, we will have a link for you. And we have some new patrons this month that we want to shout out. Yeah, of course. I want to give a big shout out to Rachel, Estelle, and Alex. Guys, we all have our archetypes to play. Obviously, if we're locked in a house trying to fight off evil forces, I'm the hero. Kim's the prostitute upstairs. Let's not. Let's not. What? And of course, you know, one of you, I'm gonna have to give you the the, the powers. One of you's gonna have to become the hero. One of you's gonna have to step up. Of course, that also means I'm gonna have to fight one of you to the death. And I'm gonna let the two of you decide which one it is, because the other is digging a tunnel to get us the fuck out of here. I'm sorry that I had to divide us all up like that, but we're a team. We're gonna get through this together, whether or not some of us make it out on the other end. Is that Demon Knight? Yes. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Say it. <laughs> Say it. No. <laughs> just once we really appreciate you supporting independent horror and independent horror creators like john and myself because i'm not saying <laughs> it's not a thing it would be really hard to do without your support <laughs> if you want to support the show head to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street we have a whole bunch of bonus content and bonus episodes and you can get cool perks like stickers and a Graffiti DVD, a handwritten letter from us, and a whole bunch of other goodies. But, without further ado, let's talk about some Tales from the Crypt. Fright Court is now in session. Will the defendant please approach the bench? From 1995, Demon Knight. It's about a chase through the ages. A race against time. Okay, so Demon Knight from 1995 currently has a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.3 on Letterboxd. Oh! Because <laughs> Ebert didn't give a shit about Tales from the Crypt is what I gathered. Okay, I agree with those ratings. <laughs> the Ebert conclusion or just the ratings? What was the Ebert conclusion? Just, well, he just, there's no review. Just ignorance? As far as he was concerned, this movie did not exist. Um, yeah. What movie are we even talking about? We're talking about Demon Knight. We're okay, talking which about Demon movie Knight. do I even get into? Do you remember the first time you saw Demon Knight? With you, I think. Really? I don't think I had seen Demon Knight. I, th that might be a lie, though. I might have seen it on television. Okay. Cause... The first time I sat through it and, like, plot-wise paid attention to it, like, was at an age where plot mattered, was with you probably in the past five years. Okay. It's funny, when I look at, well, just on the Wikipedia page, there's snippets from reviewers. The general consensus is, this movie's no good, but if I was 12, this would be my favorite movie, and I'm pretty fucking sure I saw this movie when it came out, so I was maybe... Seven. At the time, yeah, probably seven, eight years old. I loved the shit out of this movie. Yeah, you really sold this to me when you were trying to get me to watch it. You were, like, right up Billy Zane's lane. You were just, <laughs> Billy Zane's in it, he's hilarious, he's amazing, he's the devil, and it's great. And I was like, cool, this sounds fun. It sounds like um, Beetlejuice is the demon type movie. And, and what you got was the Beetlejuice is the demon type movie. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, this movie's great. I love this movie. Okay. I still like this movie. Maybe we should just get into it. Let's talk about the plot of this movie, then. Okay. Let's start talking about what happens and see if you still like it. Okay, well, I mean, as soon as we start analyzing it, it's gonna fall apart. It's a, it's a popcorn movie that you just gotta watch. Uh, let it wash over you. It's a hell of a lot of fun, and you fucking know it. Just, the uh, Tales from the Crypt <laughs> is such an awesome thing. And it's super cool and super fun how they blended comedy and horror and they did it on this premium channel so they're able to make it adult content. I'm not saying like there were tits in all of them. There were tits in all of them. But it was for adults and it still had that like silly PG-13 humor about it, which I always loved. Mm -hmm. For the films, I really, really wish they had it gone with like the cream of the crop story-wise because... Both films are critically not good. Yeah, it's 
crazy that these aren't, like, the best episodes of Tales from the Crypt. That's what they should be. They should be expanded versions of the best screenplays they had. Maybe they were the best screenplays they had. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Some of the best screenplays they had went on to become The Frighteners and From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. So, eh, you know. They had to have good ones. Maybe it's just the, the hand that developed them and they didn't have the budget to make the types of features out of these screenplays that they could have. It's crazy that the best movies they had when, you know, they went on to be different movies, like saying, oh no, this is these are too good for Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> I, I don't know why you thought you could get away with this, but this is our movie now. From Dust Till Dawn could have been a Tales from the Crypt episode. It could have. The only thing is you would have been too aware of the end half of the film. You would have been like, where is this going? I think the movie was marketed as a vampire movie. Oh. Like, if you were a festival audience, just going in, did not know anything about it, holy shit, would this movie blow your goddamn mind? Yeah, see, I was like a young kid flipping stations. I was like, what is this western movie? Ah, yeah, I knew it was vampires going in. Blew my fucking brain. I think, like everybody, I watched it and I was like, where are the vampires? (laughs) Um, But really enjoying not having vampires? That's the weird thing, too, because you're like... Liking the first half of this movie so much, but it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> incredible. Uh, Demon Knight is all over the place, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, we, okay, opening scene. Like, we're not gonna worry about the interstitial bits. Like, those the... are great. We don't, I don't have anything critically to say about those other than the Crypt Keeper <laughs> is fucking amazing. You just see him walk around the set? He, they could have just done two hours of Behind the scenes footage. Oh, man. Or him watching the movie and commenting. Oh, like a mystery science cool. theater thing, right? Yes, but with the Crypt Keeper. That would have been great. Yes. I'm okay with that. I am also okay with that because he would have been sassy about it. He would have been like, Lilith, nice acting. Oh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I know. That is not this movie. I know. This I know. movie concerns Geraldine, Geraldine, Geraldine. They call her every single All one of them. those names, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jada Pinkett, missing the Smith. Not Smith. Yeah, not Don't Smith. Don't you want to say the Smith? <laughs> I think the only reason I called attention to it is because I thought the pause afterward was awkward. <laughs> Jada Pinkett, Son Smith. Okay, you know what? Now that I'm trying to, like, find an entry point for this movie, who's our main character? Uh. Yeah, right? I think based solely on the fact that he is what you walk away remembering, it's Billy Zane. I think it's your demon knight. What is his name? Your I don't talk for the first half of the movie, even though I have all the answers, demon knight. His name is Breaker. Breaker. Right. So I think it's Breaker. Yeah. But when we get to this weird boarding house motel thing, boarding did boarding houses exist in the 90s? Because I don't think they did. What are you talking about? Boarding houses have always existed. What the fuck is a boarding house? It's a cross between a motel and an apartment building where you're paying like a weekly rate, but you're never leaving. Don't you just call that a motel? Well, no, because it's, it's meant for long-term stay. That's even why when he shows up, she says, I don't rent short terms. Like, they won't go night by night. She goes, like, a week or two weeks ahead of time. Which is weird that she has these standards, because she has a very public-about-it prostitute accepting calls in one of her rooms. She's just a working lady. Kim, it's the oldest profession in the world. Okay, back on the protagonist. So I think it's that breaker guy in the beginning chase scene <laughs> where Billy Zane's like in a western cop yep. movie. There's no dialogue. We're just listening to Filter's Hey Man, Nice Shot or whatever that song is. But then when we get to the boarding house and Breaker, the demon knight, checks in, then we follow the house mom. What's her name? The Irene. Main lady. Irene. Then it becomes like Irene's movie until she loses her arm and then we don't care about Irene anymore. <laughs> okay. I like that Breaker sort of stumbles across every character on his way to the house, though. He is trying to steal a truck, which turns out to be the boss of Thomas Hayden Church. And then when he's running away, Uncle Willie, the alcoholic, played by Dick Miller, is the person who brings him to the house. They do they do a really okay job of trying to show us all the characters immediately. So, the big, the biggest, biggest red flag for me in this movie right away. We don't really know what's happening. Billy Zane... Per- like, just... Breaking the fourth wall here, we don't even really know what's happening. That's what I mean. (laughs) You and me. (laughs) We don't really know what's happening. Okay. Billy Zane is chasing Breaker. Yeah. Billy Zane is chasing Breaker. Just call him the Demon Knight. And the Demon Knight. There's cops involved. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) without giving any explanation to who he is or what authority he has or even, you know, identification like a regular human being would have. He convinces the police officers that the guy that he was chasing has his stolen property 
And the only reason why he was breaking the law and speeding or whatever is because he was just trying to get his stolen property back and he's a traveler and he's on his way. He just needs to get his stuff back. So he convinces these police officers to go to the boarding house to help him get that stupid artifact back. And he's riding in the squad car like he's official, like on official police business. And I'm supposed to assume, I guess, that he's got hypnotism powers or not something. Not even. Because he just kind of bullies them around. And he's not the devil. That's the thing. He's a demon. Yeah, but they don't really talk about the devil. So you can assume a demon is pretty high up on the hierarchy. Well, he talks about getting a uh, a promotion after this. So he's going to go on to be an even bigger demon. One who probably <sighs> never has to go to Earth again. Aw. I like that. Yeah. It's like getting, like, he wants that corner office, Kim, and he's tired that of is, That is the only thing about this mythology that I like. <laughs> the fact that he can get a promotion. If Billy Zane wasn't in this movie, I don't think it would be watchable at all. Oh, yeah. Billy Zane steals the show. Billy Zane is my favorite part of this entire movie. Oh, we know, John. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that I could name other Billy Zane movies. Name other a th- scene that Billy Zane's not in that you like. Oh. A single scene. Okay, sure. Well, no, and that guy from George of the Jungle. <laughs> he's also hilarious. He's a funny guy. It's just his voice. He's just got the best deadpan voice in the entire world. It's so nasally. Okay, fine, sure. One scene that I really like that does not contain any Billy Zane mm-hmm. uh, is upstairs in the attic right before Breaker dies. The kid is... The kid has been possessed. Oh, you're right. That's a good scene. What's great about that scene, though, is that the comic book that he's reading that possesses him has panels showing what's happening in the movie, including Breaker's death. Ten seconds ahead of the movie with panels from the comic. Looks great. You're right. That is a really good scene. Okay, fine. Nailed it. Points to you. Yeah. You get three out of four Eberts. My favorite... (laughs) Thank you. My favorite part about Billy Zane sort of strong-arming the cops into taking him along with them is that they've shown up to the scene... It's a fiery car crash involving two cars. Thank you for explaining what happened, because I was like, there's a car stuff, and then I, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so Breaker's car, like, breaks down. Uh, He hops out, starts shooting at Billy Zane's car, which blows up. But then he goes to a boarding house and is like, I need a room. Why? Well, he runs into Uncle Willie, and Uncle Willie's like, I got a place I can take you. Come on. It all makes sense, Kim. I don't know. If you watch it. (laughs) But his stars have aligned, so doesn't he have, like, fucking business to do? Okay, so he's... (laughs) He's constantly wandering... Okay, Breaker is constantly wandering the Earth. One, protecting the key from demons. Uh, we'll get to that later. Um, and also, at the same time, yes, he has this sort of compass tattooed on his hand. These magical tattoos that move. Uh, and when the stars align, it means that he has fulfilled his destiny and has found the next demon knight to whom he will pass the key along to, and then they will take up the mantle of the demon knight protecting Earth and all the universe. Here's what I don't fucking understand. If we want to talk about the mythology for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how they're just like, we want to know what the fuck's going on here. And he's like, you want to know? All right, I'll tell you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the Earth. Like, he goes right back to the beginning of time. And, okay, so there's darkness, right? According to the Bible, God, like, on a list of to-dos, was like, heavens and the Earth. Nailed it. Fine. Great. And yeah, then, and then he took it. And then there was darkness. Yeah, and, and, it it was, <laughs> and he was just like, in, in that darkness were the demons. And, and somehow they were able to take all the powers of the cosmos and focus them into seven keys. And then when God was like, hey, what the fuck's going on down there? <laughs> Shine a light on it. Yeah, exactly, they right? Scatter. They scatter. Like roaches, yeah. <laughs> And not only do they scatter the keys across the cosmos, and up to the time of this movie, they've collected all six keys, the seventh one being on Earth. I want to see those other movies. Yeah. I want to see demons on other planets. And there were definitely demon knights for each of those keys, so there was probably like a fucking alternate Earth demon knight, and a Mars demon knight, and a space station demon knight. Oh yeah, I want to see the, the planet where it's just sofas. Like, <laughs> Sofa demon night? That'd be so great. <laughs> Basically, I want a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where demons exist. But uh, you know what would make that so much better? If they exist in a world where the other movies don't exist, so they have to get through that terrible exposition every single time oh, explaining god. why they have these keys so it's really and what just... demon nights oh, are. Oh my god. So really it's just the third act that's different. Everything's oh, the same. Yes, exactly. Two couches are driving down boarding, the highway. Boarding houses <laughs> on every planet. Got it. <laughs> It really just sounds like like an episode of Rick and Morty that hasn't been written yet, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) 
Yeah, so much happens in this movie. I'm trying to find a spot to jump back into. Okay, so actually, okay, you know, something I want to talk about. Yep. When he's explaining, so they're all locked upstairs because the key actually has this ability because it's got Jesus' blood in it. Okay. That he can seal entrances with it. I so wonder the if this would be better if we in. just left it as a mystery and sort of explained it as we go. Because <laughs> when, when we say there's this cool thing, by the way, Jesus' blood, uh, and we gloss over I'm explaining that. it right now. Okay. So demons can come in, but not if you've sealed the entrance with the demon blood or with the jesus blood yeah and at some point i don't know they break through the lower area so they're all stuck upstairs and they've sealed the top of the stairs yes so he's up there they're all standing or they're all sitting in the landing and he's telling them the origin story of the demon knight and we fade to like a flashback sequence where there's jesus on the cross and all sorts of craziness but we cut back the kid has just disappeared and they have to go find the kid they were all sitting in a tight space and the kid was literally sitting among them in the middle of them so he definitely got up while they were talking and just like dicked off you know how kids are they were literally in a flashback. They were all just <laughs> sitting there listening to his story. Well, I mean, Breaker's storytelling abilities. He's he's been he's been practicing. They all look up and like their eyes frost over. And... Well, he's been living like two lifetimes, right? Like he's he's been around since he was in World War One. He's seen the shit, as we learned from the flashback. So okay. I don't know how many demon knights there have been, but I really do actually think the first demon knight was that guy that collected the blood from Jesus. I think the first demon knight was Jesus, and then when Jesus died... Oh, that's dope! Fucking... This makes the Bible a lot Why did they make the plot so crazy? The plot is nuts. And also, the boarding house is a church, and it has friggin' mines underneath it. Well, the boarding house used to be a church. And has been converted into a boarding house. That's what Why are there mines underneath it? Because it's an old-ass church from war times, and they have mining tunnels? Okay, I'm losing it. I don't know. I really don't know. It just seems really complicated. Kim, there was a time where everybody had a bunker under their house. This is just a fact. Oh, sorry. Because the Ruskies were coming. They were going to bomb us. What's the Ruskies? The Ruskies were the Russians. It was like a derogatory term for the communist Russia people. But that sounds fun, like a brewski. Like a beer. Like, you're just like, yeah, sit back, relax, and have a cold one. We just watched Shape of Water. I'm almost positive they used the word brewski. What did you think they were talking about? I don't know. I might have been eating popcorn. Okay. I can't hear well when I'm eating. (laughs) Are they in love? I can't tell. I don't know why the mines are there. But I do love that they're like, hey, look, a way out. And Breaker's like, nope, no good. Don't even bother trying. And he doesn't even, he doesn't explain anything. He's just like, we just have to stay here the night. And you're like, why though? We don't know any... the fuck? Would you, would you believe a guy? Okay, so. What rules are there that the night is safe? Do demons die in the morning? We don't know any rules. The demons are all just standing outside ominously. And he's like, nah, we're just going to hole up here till morning. Okay, so put yourself in the shoes of the people that are living in this building, right? You're a degenerate. Your life has gone to shit. Maybe you're just <laughs> down on your luck, John. Jesus. Okay, my mistake. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to paint a picture here, right? Okay. Some weirdo guy comes in. Real rough type. We don't trust him so much, and he keeps... He's a little cagey, okay? And then another guy shows up who clearly wants to kill him. Both of them are driving stolen cars, and the cops are trying to take him away. One of them doesn't necessarily like that. Maybe it's just because he's bald and he's having a bad day. He kills that cop. He He punches through his face. Right? Uh, (laughs) This is becoming, like, my favorite thing ever. (laughs) One of the last movies we did, Skull Punch. This movie, Skull Punch. I'm telling you, 2018 is the year of the Skull Punch. I do have to give this film credit for being very ambitious with the practical effects. It goes gooey and wet and gross every opportunity it can. Oh, yeah. But at this point, you know nothing. All you know is a guy you don't trust is being hunted by a murderer you trust even less. And you just want to survive. Yeah, but he makes demons out of, like, doesn't he, like, slit his wrists and then all of a sudden he's got mutants, like, floating around him? Okay, so... So they learn pretty quickly that he's kind of a goop monster. That is true. He spills some of his blood on the ground and everywhere there's a pool. That is my favorite scene purely for how much projectile force they put on the green, gooey blood that comes out of him. Yeah. He's just coating the world with... <laughs> like, he's got super soakers coming out of his hands. Yeah, he's he's condemned the house, he says. And anywhere that he's thrown blood on the dirt, a demon pops up. And, like a gremlin. Uh, I mean, up until this point, maybe, 
if you were like, yo, breaker, weirdo guy, what the fuck's going on? And he was like, oh, uh, I, I've been alive for over 100 years. I've got this key. It's filled with Jesus' blood. And if I just drop it here, we're all good. You wouldn't fucking believe him, right? So, like, there's no point in him trying to explain shit. And also, once the demons pop up, he's more concerned with shooting their eyeballs out than he is with actually telling you what's yeah, going on. Yeah, but they keep defying his orders because they have no idea what's going on. So he's like, we're just going to hole up here tonight. I'm stealing the entrances. And they're like, uh-huh. I understand. The woman's perspective. Communication is key. I see what's happening. <laughs> well, see yeah, what's and happening. he's just like, demons actually evaporate after 13 hours, so we're just going to have a nice nap. I've sealed all the, the doors. I'm going to go upstairs and seal the windows, and we're good to go. Definitely don't go outside. You're right. If he tried to calm them down, maybe things would be okay. Didn't do he, any of that. Doesn't he was even like, get through the story until halfway through the movie. <laughs> when several of them are dead, and one of them is missing an arm. Exactly. Surely to die. <laughs> That's After a good point. they've already escaped into the basement and that didn't work, and that other guy is like, I'm gonna cut a deal, and we're gonna get rid of you. That was the worst impression ever. Yeah, you could have just said Ursula. I heard you're squinchy. <laughs> there you go, yeah. So that's a that's a better example of Thomas Aiden Church, I guess. That's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I'm not gonna lie. Um, where he does the trade or Ursula where he does the trade with Billy Zane and maybe it's just because Billy Zane's charming it's probably because Thomas Hayden Church gets fucking ripped apart moments later yeah uh, we all knew that was gonna happen we, you can just walk past a bunch of of course we all knew that was gonna happen but it happens so well where it's like oh by the way I lied and then they tear him apart it's great what I like about that scene so much is that Billy Zane is holding an entire sponge in his mouth oh yeah and it just, it rolls out like an eight-inch tongue or something. Looks great. That one has been annoying. We watched a behind-the-scenes feature at and nobody fucking asked him about that. That would have been my number one question. But so, you can get rid of blood seals with just, a, like, a little sponge and water? Yeah. Or is it the intent of removing it? Also, how does that blood stay like liquid for... It's magic, John. 1995 years. It's enchanted. <laughs> okay. Enchanted with the spirit of the Lord. It's not actually Jesus' blood, though. I just remembered. Well, it's, he said it's not mainly Jesus' blood because it's mostly that last yeah. demon nights. And then once it runs out, then you're fucked or something. Is that true? That because if that's the case, then Jada Pinkett is really... She's wasting it. Because she just, like, gulps it down and spits it out. And she covers herself with it, does she not? Yeah, from, like, head to toe. You're right. All right, so let's just cut ahead. So Jada Pinkett is the demon knight. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, find this, we find this out in the attic, and the demon knight dies. Oh, yeah, because what's his name? Billy Zane keeps, like, infecting people's brains. Yeah, he keeps possessing with people. With his magic swamp. Why don't you love this movie? Like, every time you're like, okay, so this happens, I'm like, yeah, that happens! It's the fucking setup, and the fucking demon knight just withholding the information just gets to me. It gets to me in a way that I will not allow this movie to be enjoyable at all, because I just hate him. Kim, this guy has always had a rough life. I mean, he grew it's up just poor He grew up in the late 1800s, he went to war, and now all of a sudden he's got to live in eternity being chased by demons? Well, he should he's probably never had a friend in the last job. hundred years. Okay, that's true. I mean, sure, everybody's got a job to do, you know, whatever. So Billy Zane, yep. <laughs> he gets in people's heads yep. when they are they go off alone because they all do that. Yeah. And it's fun because there are these little fantasy moments where he does these fun, quirky things and they all inevitably accept him, except for Jada Pinkett because she's the chosen one. Boom, boom. And then when they accept him, kind of, <laughs> like you would with... Our Lord and Savior. Okay. You become possessed. Yeah. And then you try to kill your friends. Honestly, though, how great is that scene where he's trying to turn Jada Pinkett? And it's kind of like... I don't like that scene. Really? It reminds me It makes me, of... me uncomfortable. It reminds it's like me a of... shitty music video. <laughs> well, yeah. Duh. But, I mean, like, it reminds me of the scene in Legend where Tim Curry is dancing with... What's her face? Or the scene in Labyrinth. Where David Bowie is dancing. <laughs> Another dancing scene. Only forever. Ah, uh, the 80s. I like that scene because like it's this weird long hallway. Sure, it's got that, you're right, it's got that music video thing where it's floor to, yeah, floor to ceiling windows <laughs> completely open, big ass white curtains flown in the wind. But at the end, there's a gigantic portrait of her and there's hands groping it. And then when it gets torn down, we see that it's just like a shit ton of demons that are feasting on Breaker. Why don't you like this? <laughs> My favorite Billy Zane possession moment where he's like enchanting them mm -hmm. is when the 
I don't know her name, so I'm going to say the prostitute. Her name is Cordelia. Cordelia is at the window, and he's down there courting her silently. And he motions oh. with two fingers to, like, wipe away her tears. And they they cut to a close-up on her face, and the tears just float away. Because they've definitely just, like, hit her with an air hose. <laughs> this is genius. What are you talking about? they got, like, no. a shoestring budget. I fucking love it. It's great. I, I like the moment just after that where you can see the indents on her lips. Where, where he's, he's like, clearly kissing them. her. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was touching her. I assumed he was kissing her. Demon kisses are weird. <laughs> I'm not into it. Okay, so everybody's dead. She's finally <laughs> defeated Billy Zane by spitting Jesus' blood on his face. A, a most disrespectful death. Um, <laughs> but when she's leaving, we see that she's roaming the countryside. The Crypt Keeper's telling she us that she lives... She seals the bus. This is... Okay, you thank you. You can seal a bus? <laughs> you can seal any doorway, Kim. Uh... But great, though. Like a half a mile down the road, they go to pick up another guy, clearly a demon, because he sees it and goes, I'll wait for the next one. And then chase, not, well, not chases, but walks after the bus. Because bad guys do not run. And if you were at all unclear, he does whistle the Tales from the Crypt theme. In case you forgot what movie you were In watching. In case you forgot. <laughs> Isn't that awesome, though? But here's, I mean, like, so wasteful with that blood. First of all, dousing yourself in it. Showering in it. Practically drinking it. And then just, like, anytime she goes anywhere, I'm going to put a little drop here. I'm going to put a little drop here. You do not know how long you are going to live as the Demon Knight. You might have to keep eight ounces of blood and make couldn't it last she, 700 years. Couldn't she bloodlet herself, though, into it? I think that's something you could only do... Or is that cheating? Well, I think you would have to die at that point, right? Like, you'd have to give the key to somebody. Mm. And what happens if you do that beforehand, maybe you just gotta bury the key and hope for the best, but those fucking demons are gonna find it. You know, I really don't think that this came up in the writer's room, and there wasn't a writer's room, it was just one guy in a coffee shop. Oh. <laughs> it is a weird Tales from the Crypt story, though. I think we could admit that. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Because... I'm, that's what I'm saying, is I don't think it would have worked if it wasn't Billy Zane. You think you saved and it? And it's weird saying that because, like, name another How role... How often can you say that? <laughs> yeah, name another role that's, like, really made by Billy Zane being weird and quirky. Oh, Zoo Zoolander, for sure. He plays himself. Is he in Zoolander? <laughs> he is in Zoolander. Oh. It's like a cameo. He plays okay, himself. so the only films I know of Billy Zane being in is this movie. Yes. Demon Knight. Yep. Titanic. That's it. Tombstone. What the fuck is Tombstone? What? Tombstone's great! I might be wrong. He might not actually be in Tombstone. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... No, he is. He's in it. He plays... <laughs> yes, he's an actor. He's in the the play of Faust. You know, the story of Faust. Sure. Sells the soul of the devil. Okay. All right, then. Fiddle? Is that the fiddle? No, that's a song. Oh. <laughs> on, the other, on the other hand, maybe. <laughs> chess? Is it chess? No. Um, the I don't... devil likes to play games, John. He is, he is a trickster. Games we know this your much. heart. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Let's just get to <laughs> Billy Zane was perfect for this role, oh, then. fuck. What is your rating? I, yeah, I don't know any other Billy Zane. What ones. is your rating? Ah, I see we've reached a verdict. This is hard, because <laughs> uh, I, I really actually like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's silly, and I think it's batshit nuts, but ultimately really enjoyable. <laughs> like, but I feel weird giving it too high of a rating, so... <laughs> So, uh, out of four, I'll, I'll give it a 2.5. Okay. Yeah. and, and That's and... really high. <laughs> <laughs> I, I struggled with it. I almost gave it a three. Okay. I'm giving it a two out of four. Yeah. Because I think that's a it, has, low. <laughs> it has a two-point Tales from the Crypt bump. Wow. And I'm telling you, Tales from the Crypt is amazing. Yeah. And they Agreed. can put out the shittiest movies of all time, and I will still watch them. Oh, which perfectly leads us to our next film, Bordello of Blood. From a secret grave in a distant land, Hell's Madam has risen again. And now she's back in business at the Bordello of Blood. Where customers go in. Evening, boys. This is deep. But they don't come out. Mr. Gutman, have you found my brother yet? He and a friend of his evidently went to a local brothel. Are you ready? Welcome to a new chapter in terror. <laughs> At least now she'll know what's eating him. She is. <laughs> Lucy, I'm home. 
from 1996, Bordello of Blood currently has a 5.3 on IMDb, a 12% on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, 2.6 on Letterboxd. So, this movie has its moments. It has some fun moments. Are you talking about but just like, the beginning and the end with the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> yes. No, um, this movie is fun in a way that it's at its expense, I think. Where Demon Knight, you can appreciate the gore and the fun they took with Billy Zane's character and all of the quirky things they did. This movie, I don't think, is quirky funny on purpose. They were trying to make a straight horror comedy. It's weird to say a straight horror comedy, but it's not... I don't know. Are you going to say funny? It's not funny? Um, It's not funny. Got it. Unless you're laughing at it. So what you mean to tell me is that if somebody tries to accomplish a horror comedy that makes jokes at its own expense and is aware of itself, follow me here, and they succeed at that, no good. Okay. But if you try and make gold and it comes out just as a bad horror comedy, gold in your eyes. <laughs> You're making this too complicated. Most movies, it's there's, there's great, there's good, and there's bad. Yeah. With comedy, there's amazing, there's you failed, and then there's you failed so hard, we love it though. Okay. Bordello Blood isn't quite there, but it's there enough that you can watch it and have fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The Room is that movie. Yeah. You don't think this movie is bad funny? Why aren't you I don't know it? if I find this movie funny at all, <laughs> is my problem. Yeah, but funny in like a Corey Feldman weird character and Lilith's terrible acting and I don't know any of the names, so that lead guy... With his weird... His name's Rafe. <laughs> Rafe Like, Guff. womanizing one-liners, and you're like, you're supposed to be the protagonist, but I hate you. So there's the problem, right? <laughs> like, I think that's just Dennis Miller in a nutshell. That's just who he is. He, he kind of always comes off as an asshole. He... It's, and it's weird because he is made to be like our cool good guy protagonist. He's a private investigator. Yeah, who's lost his license. The, oh, has he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just do the plot because we're gonna get really complicated. So Corey Feldman and gang yeah. are like trying to get their kicks and they can't get it on Route 66. So I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. So some random guy is like, oh, I got a really sweet place, lots of. Girls. Lots of girls. <laughs> Definitely no murder, I think no the, vampires. <laughs> Come there, it'll be great fun. I think the exact line is, You want some sex? <laughs> I'll get you some sex. I think that's, I think that's, uh... Word for word. And those boys being stand-up citizens are like, quite, <laughs> sir, quite indeed. And they're like, okay, well, you're going to go to this funeral home and then slide through in a coffin and then, boom, all the ladies you can eat. Okay, so... Vampire buffet style. <laughs> <laughs> De maybe not, not vampire buffet style. All the style. ladies you can eat. Okay. Can we just put a pause on that for a second? Yeah. Okay, one, bordello in the back of a funeral home. Okay idea. Fun idea. Yeah, right? But just the sheer idea, just the sheer fact that to get into that brothel, the secret entrance is going in a coffin through an incinerator, and then out the other end is just like tit city, right? That's brilliant. I think that's amazing. I think that is the only great thing about this movie. I, somebody needs to make a speakeasy like that. I like a super goth speakeasy. Would you ever go into it though? No. Exactly. You're like, I want to see a CC camera of what's on <laughs> yeah. the other side, and then I'm out. This is like a magic trick that you don't want part of, right? Exactly. Like, get a really good shot, you know, with, like, the right lighting, and then I'll just say that I was here, because I'm close enough, like, attack myself. You're definitely that kind of person where if we, you know, like, let, let's say we're a thing, it's like, I need an assistant. Would somebody like to come on stage? You're already at the door. I'm like, <laughs> you're no, like, fuck it. None of that. We did that one time. Have we told this story in the podcast before? I'm not sure, but you definitely ruined that guy's night. Oh, I, I was so bad. And this is why I don't do things. This one just asks you up on stage to take a look at a book and see if it's if it's just an ordinary book. And maybe five seconds of looking at it, you're like, well, there's no copyright page. <laughs> and I was so bad. Like, you could have just said nothing. <laughs> He rolled it. He rolled with it okay, though, right? Because like he's really over the top in his performance. This guy, and he's like, "Well, who asked you anyway?" And it was eh, he did all right. No, I think he was like, mm, "I'll have to look into that," <laughs> which was not as suave. Yeah. And then I sat down and didn't get called on for the rest of the show, which was great. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's an easy way to be never asked back. I'm not a not a volunteerer. Okay, so uh, as soon as they get into the bordello, the brothel. 
dudes are immediately split up, brought to different rooms, right? And Lilith comes into Corey Feldman's buddy's room. So we didn't even talk about who Lilith is. So Lilith is supposed to be this, like, super ancient mythological vampire. Queen of the vampires. And this guy revives her at the beginning. By putting together the four pieces of her heart that he took from the corners of the earth. Which, I, I gotta say... Sounds a little demon nighty. Sure. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? He actually has a key, which he uses to control Lilith. She has to do his bidding because he's got this key. So he's like, I need you to open a brothel and get me money? What is... This, okay, the, I'm How do we right get now, from Lilith being revived to a bordello? The plot of this movie is more complicated than Demon Knight. But just to, to hang on the, the one point, that key that he has is the key from Demon Knight. No! Yeah, so I'm wondering if it's just Jesus' blood. And, and then the, the question is... Or they just reuse the prop. Is, well, I think they've reused the prop, but there was supposed to be a trilogy, and that key was supposed to be a thread that tied them together. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. So, I think this movie exists. It probably exists outside of Demon Knight, don't get me wrong, but, like, let's assume it's a shared universe. The keys wouldn't be the same, though, because it's vampires and demons. I think Jesus could control all monsters. <laughs> I guess. Is he Constantine? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. I wish Jesus had a comic book like that. Can though. you imagine? Like a really dark comic book where he's just like fighting evils. Have you not seen The Last Temptation of Christ? It's a Martin Scorsese movie and it's like Jesus goes into the, the desert and he's tempted by the devil like, I don't know, fucking like 40 times or something. And, but let's not get into it. It's a boring story. Oh. But in the movie, I'm pretty sure, because I've never finished it, because I was like, oh, God. So have you Willem... never seen I Didn't Finish It? <laughs> <laughs> it's Willem Dafoe in the desert. Pretend... Willem Dafoe Jesus? Yeah, he's Jesus. But I'm pretty sure he cu- it's like an alternate Jesus where like he comes out of the desert and he's got like an axe and like they're just like killing people and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that was, like, Martin Scorsese's cocaine era. Oh, weird. But I remember that movie being, like, full of blood and stuff. Weird. Maybe I fell asleep, woke up, and a different movie was on. So, Bordello of Blood. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get to the Bordello? <laughs> I don't understand. So, there, there's too much backstory. Um, Caleb, who is Corey Feldman, who is missing. We're just going to call him Corey Feldman. Okay, so Corey Feldman is gone missing. We don't actually see his death. Lilith shows up and she's like, want some deep throat? Ew. And then, like, fades to black. Because in a previous scene, she kisses his friend, her tongue goes down his throat, and pushes out his heart. Does he actually push out his heart? Because I saw, like, a tongue in his throat and that was it. Yeah, the tongue goes down his throat, pushes out his heart. She Where? Like out his butt? Out, no. Oh. What? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know how long your tongue was. <laughs> I mean, if your tongue was that long, you'd have the power. You'd find an alternate route. I'm okay. just saying. Okay. <laughs> it pushes out his chest, which she then grabs and chews. It'd be cooler if she just, like, lassoed her tongue around his heart and yanked it out his throat. That would have been better. That would have been good. Yeah. But he's totally dead. She eats his heart, and we assume the same has happened to Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman's sister works for... Polar opposites, these two, right? (laughs) Works for... Yeah, especially later on in the movie when Corey Feldman wants to watch a threesome involving her. Just gonna put that there now. Let's get on with the movie. I was gonna say, let's put put a pin in that because I got things to say. But his sister works for Reverend J.C. Kern, played by Chris Sarandon. Now, here's the best part about this evangelical church leader guy. He is like every preacher that you'd see on tv saying just send me your welfare checks just every dollar you have jesus needs it from a new airplane but he's rocking out with a guitar nobody Uh, really okay because i was gonna say nobody believes that chris sarandon is doing that getting the youths john oh he's he's getting that youth demographic to the youths getting on their level you just gotta be real with them dog (laughs) okay i don't necessarily know how this business relationship was struck but I'm pretty sure Chris Sarandon hired What's-His-Face to revive to Lilith. revive Lilith to then start a brothel. Like, this is all cooked in the books. Like, they knew this was happening. To start a brothel. Very ungodly of him. Where they would, I was going to say cast out the sinners, but literally feast on the sinners. And then they sell their possessions to, like, a pawn shop for money to fund the church? What? Yeah. That's... See, this subplot I never paid attention to because I'm too busy being like, who hired this woman? <laughs> her delivery, her line delivery. She's no Billy Zane is what you're trying to say. She is no Billy Zane. I don't know how to be... She just... This sounds like it is her first acting job and they literally dropped her in front of a camera and she was like, oh no, I've stiffened up entirely. 
I'm just gonna put on my man woman voice. Oh yeah, and she says lover a lot too, right? She does say lover. Anything a lot. for you, lover. And we all just like, oh. So the sister hires Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller. His name's Rafe Guffman. Rafe Guffman. His PI firm is in the top of an abandoned adult movie theater because he's very legit. Yeah. <laughs> and she, so he's going to investigate, but he's kind of a sleazeball, and he only he's wants to do sleazeball. it because he's attracted to her. Well, he's also broke, I guess, yeah. And attracted to her. And, sure. And she tries to get the cops involved, but they don't give a fuck, right? Oh, not at all. In fact, Dennis Miller is just hanging out in the police station, waiting for them to turn down cases, kind of like an ambulance chaser, and he just pops up and really insists that she let him take the case. But he's a turd. And then what happens? Um, I guess the bordello keeps on bordelling. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he goes back. Well, first he goes, and there's there's a funeral, and then oh yeah, he goes to the funeral. And then when he goes back to the bar, there's that guy who's like, "You want some sex?" And he's like, "Hey, I recognize you from the funeral." And then he goes back to the funeral home, which is now a bordello. When he goes to Catherine to relay that info, she and the police. Well, actually, I think they go. Man, why are we so unclear what I happens in this know. movie? So he comes I back. I feel he's like, like it's all a blur of not caring. I think if we really try and not care, we can get through this, no problem. Okay, so Rafe goes, not a bordello, comes back, totally a bordello, goes to tell Catherine. They get the police because they're a little more legit and they have guns. When they go back to the bordello, it's when they go back big, to the funeral home. It's a funeral home again. Like, oh my God, this man's crazy. He was in the parking lot with a woman and they were drinking and it was disgusting. And they're like, gosh, oh, sounds like him. And, uh... You're off the case. I know that much. Somebody said that. You're off the case. But there's literally a part where we wa we're watching a job interview with, like, a potential vampire hooker. This is when he first shows up and, um, when he goes back and they're like, it's not a bordello this time. Like, he starts wandering around. And that's where he finds the casket that's filled with bodies. Like, each casket has, like, two or three bodies, and that's how they're, like, shipping out these dudes. Mm -hmm. They're going out with legit funeral bodies, but they're, you know... Putting extras in there to fill up the... Right? Yeah. Who's gonna know? Nobody's opening Grandpa's <laughs> casket at the actual cemetery. The job interview is with a girl that is going to become a vampire, mm -hmm. who later tries to seduce Dennis Yeah, she's Miller. the one with that weird, like, room of pain. Yeah. And he, like, ties her up to go investigate... This but movie he's still is... kind of into it. He's like, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> this movie's like 80% one-liners from Dennis Miller. And from Lilith. I suppose. It is, they're just like, if one of them's not on screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I mean, like we eventually find out that Chris Sarandon's involved in it. They cut him out of the deal at the back of a stripper club. A strip club. I've been to them, uh, clearly. Yeah, they do go to a strip club because Lilith is like, I could get into this business. And you're like, oh, oh, that's my... the idea. They want to expand. You're Ugh. right. Okay, so that's the problem. Why He's are we watching their... the business model of this bordello, though? Like, why are we watching the interviewing and hiring process? Yeah, this is literally like the Phantom Menace of Tales from the Crypt movies. But instead of about, like, tax reform, it's just about, like, guys, we need to get our bottom line up here. Like, this quarter was worse than previous quarters we need to do something to reinvigorize this business god is really upset <laughs> yeah there's one thing god likes it's a return on his fucking investment oh man okay we okay first off we there, there is a technical glitch at father jc current's dress rehearsal where he's gonna have a laser that's gonna shoot the demons and it's gonna be in the shape of a cross Super important. We'll come back to that later. And then, at some point, Dennis Miller and the girl break in because they get a phone call from Corey Feldman. And he's like, yo, still alive. Come save me. Oh, yeah. That was a really good impression that of, actually of Corey Feldman like doing his best Beetlejuice. That is, that's totally what's happening here. <laughs> he's not a great vampire. And he's not a great Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm going to come out and say it. I think a lot of Corey Feldman's choices in this movie were his own. I agree. I'm willing to assume that the scene where his sister is tied down and Lilith is sort of teasing her that she's going to either eat her Sexually or have assault sex her. her. Yeah. <laughs> and Corey Feldman's, ooh, totally into it. He is so disgusting. He's like, ooh, can, can I, I watch? watch? And you're like, ugh. Like, this, I think that is all his choice. Like, I think that that scene was completely different. Like, maybe he was like, 
I don't know. What if his character, like he would be in an actual movie, has a bit of a turning moment here where it's like, oh god, am, am I actually gonna let them do this to my sister? And then he kills himself because he's evil and he can't save her. Or he tries to at least attack Lilith and then Lilith, you know, strikes him down real quick. No, he's totally fucking into it. He is into it and it's disgusting. And that scene goes on way too long. Yeah, I think this was his choice. I think he, he was like, ooh, you know what would be great? He's a dirtball kid and, uh, you know, maybe now that he's a vampire, like, he's got no sense of right and wrong and would it be okay if I just st stuck around while you left her skirt up? Would that be be all right like yeah. this sounds like Did, a don't they meet him though at like the old abandoned fucking freddy krueger boiler room yeah there's a lot of like steam and smoke and chains that they swing from one set to another yeah and, I mean, like, th that's the only scene though that has the good one-liners from what's his name because she wants to jump from one thing to the other he's like that's the worst fucking idea i have ever heard when he turns and then he around, turns around Corey Feldman. Yeah, yeah and then he's like that's the second worst fucking idea and i, I that i enjoyed that was funny. Okay, so three seconds out that. of this movie, you were like, oh, good, great, love it. I mean, I kind of like liked how much of an asshole he was, but he was really womanizing, and it made me uncomfortable the whole movie. It's something that just doesn't land. And like, like, I, I get what they're trying to do, because it's like a Bordello movie, and we're trying to get all like these womanizing, like, dirtbag characters. I, I know, but it. you also have your, like, decent girl character who is basically being looked at like a piece of meat the whole movie. The scenes between the working girls and the non-working girls are exactly the same because all of the men looking at them are fucking eye-hungry assholes. Right. It's just uncomfortable. The whole movie is uncomfortable. There's a way to do a bordello movie and not make me feel yucky, and they didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an alright idea, but, you know, based on the special features from Scream Factory... This script was only bought so Robert Zemeckis would not leave Universal for DreamWorks. That's it. Like what do you mean? The, he was going, like, DreamWorks was just starting up. Steven Spielberg was making DreamWorks, it was just starting up, and Robert Zemeckis was going to leave for it because the whole idea behind DreamWorks was that they were going to be, you know, pioneers in digital effects. Okay. And I mean, like, when you see, like, Robert Zemeckis' career now you know that like, that's obviously something that he wanted to go into. Like, everything this guy does is motion capture now. But Universal wanted to hold on to him to, I just, to get a few I'm more just films. waiting for you to tell me how Robert Zemeckis relates to this movie. He wrote the script. No. Well, he, <laughs> he wrote... No, I, that's, see, that's what no, I was no, no, hoping no, no, no. you were not... Here's, here's what you're... I don't feel right... Like, I need he a wrote, minute. <laughs> let me finish that sentence. He wrote the script with a friend in college. It's like the first thing that they wrote. Essentially, he said, buy this piece of shit from me and I'll stay. Like, they paid $500,000 for it. And then they paid somebody else to rewrite the entire thing. They did it on good faith. I think it's just like a piece of, It's an unproduced thing he had that so nobody else wanted to like do. he just like a story buy or... You know, I'm actually not 100% sure what his writing credits are. It's pro He's probably got... Some of it, because it's his original script. I'm, I'm, I'm shooketh. Shooketh. <laughs> I'm shooketh. Whatever. I mean, like, they didn't hold on to him for too long, because he made Dark Castle and went off to do a bunch of other fucking I movies, do right? have a strong feeling, though, that Corey Feldman and the other guy... Dennis Miller. ...just commandeered this story in two different directions, mm. and we are watching that battle on screen. Not that they were combating each other, but they both wanted to be the main character i think it's funny because dennis miller did not want to be in this movie at all in fact didn't they give him a million dollars to be in it so what happened was a million dollars they said for this piece of shit dennis baby we love you we want you in this film it's gonna be a great picture but we need to seal the deal it's gonna be nothing without your talent and he said no <laughs> like in his way of saying no was like yeah sure i'll do it if you give me a million dollars that is a guaranteed, like, you're gonna say no to this, but I mean, in the off chance that you're dumb enough to accept this offer, sure, I'll do it, because it's a million dollars. And they took it. That is a deal that they took, and he did not want to be there. He's kind of phoning it in a little bit. The majority of the movie is ad-libbed by him. You can tell. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's awful, though, and I didn't really get that I don't want to be here thing. I, I thought that was just part of his character. But if you feel like the other characters aren't ready for it, like he's throwing the ball and they're not armed to catch it, because I don't think the tone of the movie was supposed to be that way. That was just like a decision he made on set, and he just went with it the entire movie, and nobody told him no. 
you know, it, it's pretty suiting though because that's kind of the definition of his comedy. Like he he's a political satirist for the most part, at least back in the nineties. And a lot of the Dennis Miller show was more or less him summarizing newspapers. But his shtick was more or less I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm the funniest guy in the room. And you should be lucky enough if you understand some of these jokes. I don't like that. No, you really wouldn't. And I'm going to show you some of this stuff right after this episode. And see, the, the thing is, is I had that feeling from him the whole movie. And the fact that he's a little bit, I don't know, like lustful after Catherine. Is that her name? Yeah. Made me really uncomfortable because of how egocentric he was. Like, he just, ugh, he just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, if, if he bought me in a drink at the bar, I would literally, like, pour it on the floor. In front of him? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd paint the olive off his forehead. <laughs> that sounds, honestly, I think that's a lot of people's, like, dream. To be able to do that to Dennis Miller. For me, it's Bono from you too. But <laughs> right uh, in the glasses. <laughs> oh god. Either way, Catherine and Rafe, Dennis Miller, put aside their differences and they they team up to battle Lilith. Now there is one great goddamn shot where he like slashes Lilith down the shoulder and it just goes into her cat like chest cavity and she tumbles into two pieces. But she just kinda like slumps herself back together, immediately heals and is good to go. Special effects on that looked great. I really enjoyed it. But they basically fight across town, I guess, into the church. Uh, and they, they try and use the cross laser to cut her heart into four pieces. But joke's on you. You have to actually take it out of her. Yeah, so... That was my Lilith impression. <laughs> that's okay. So we do like a like a reverse wood stake thing where it like puts her heart out of her body and they take it and she dies and disintegrates. And, you know, we, we inter her with a Jewish rabbi. What? Because Dennis Miller's Jewish, and it's like, he's like, yep, nope, you never go back from a Jewish internment. <laughs> Either way, they burn her body, they've got a box that contains pieces of her heart that I assume they're going to scatter, and uh, right as we're getting toward the credits, we see Dennis Miller copping a feel in the car, and all of a sudden, Catherine's cool with it? Like, before, she's like, no, I'm a... Upstanding lady. She's an upstanding young woman. And she wants no part of it, but now she's cool with it. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go. Let's in here, in this car, in the fucking funeral home parking lot. And um, his line is brilliant. He goes, hey, what's that perfume you're wearing? It smells like, great. It's not perfume. It's sunblock. And he's like, what? Boom. Eats them. So that's great ending and all. Like, turn in the twist. Got it. Love it. She helps him murder Lilith. <laughs> so she can be the most powerful vampire. I don't and most get that, vampire though. rules, too, though, if you kill the head vampire, all the other people, either in, like, PG versions, all turn not to vampires. Right. Or they all just crumble into dust and die. Yep. So, but if she's a vampire, why is she working to kill Lilith? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And at what, what point, like, Lilith should at least be like, hey, are you going to fucking help me like, here? Who the fuck are you, minion? Right? <laughs> she should have some sort of control over her. She should have all kinds of control over her, because she could turn those other women into, like, that one girl who was interviewing with, like, plain Jane, and then when she's in her, like, room of pain, she's all, like, alpha, weird, faux hawk, leather chaps. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, Corey Feldman was probably into a threesome with his sister before he was a vampire, but I feel like at least vampirism pushed him into it more. So it's not fully his fault. Exactly. He's under the spell. Yeah. The lustful, disgusting spell. <laughs> do you think she's turning him into a vampire? Why? That or do you think she's make just any eating sense, him? though, because she... At some point, she says that she's never turned a man before when she's trying to kill Rafe, I think. And Corey Feldman's a vampire, and she has no need for a male vampire. No, she says she's never killed a woman before. Oh, yeah, you're That's right. That's what I it is. I guess she's, she's turned them, but she's never killed them. Yeah. Because for her, like... But what, what need does she have for this male vampire? There's no reason why she she wouldn't kill Corey Feldman. They they only did it so Corey Feldman could come back. You're right. There's I mean, it would no make it would make sense if it. she had the ability to rise to raise people from the dead. And it was just like, man, we're fucked. We're in a corner here. You know what? I'm gonna bring this kid back from the dead. I'm gonna get him to make a phone call, and then we'll put him back in his tomb. That would have made sense. So it's why like does zombie she even Feldman. care? Like they're eventually gonna come back to the bordello, and she could just kill them anyways. Yeah, I they're don't know. they're obsessed with the bordello at this point. So all she has to do is just like wait till they come back and then eat them. I mean, Kim, if you're gonna pay for Corey Feldman, you might as well at least use them. I know. That's that's really what it comes. And this, to. that's what it feels like, though. It's like we need to get Corey Feldman in some vampire prosthetics. I mean, his vampire's prosthetics weren't that bad. They look pretty good. Yeah. And uh, you know, here's the other thing, though. They did use that patented Zemeckis trick. 
Corey Feldman's got a big hole in his chest and we can see right through it. This movie has a lot of things that kind of irked me in a very familiar way. Like those holy water water guns. What's that from? Oh, right. Lost Boys. From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> and from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, they're doing the Lost Boys too. Another movie with Corey Feldman. Mm. And from Dust Till Dawn, a movie that was supposed to be part of the Tales yeah, from the Crypt trilogy. Yeah, and you're just like... That's the one part of the movie everybody remembers, and it's probably the only real good part of the movie. What movie? This movie. Oh. I mean, water guns and vampires. I don't remember water guns in this movie. Great. When I see water guns in this movie, I'm like, where'd you get that idea from? <laughs> okay. Um, we don't know the plot of this movie well enough to keep going. Let's yeah, just like, do... there's some vampires and stuff. I, we got to the end, but the, I'm just the saying. The problem is, is the middle of this movie is just filler, because they're just like, no. Bordello of Blood, it's so cool that it exists, and it exists as a film. Yeah, I mean, like, if the Bordello was more interesting, we could have spent more time in it. Like, maybe they get locked inside the Bordello, and then they can't leave. And that they're looking for Corey Feldman, and they happen it to come It could have across. been, like, hostile. And it's about them escaping their rooms with their vampire captress. That'd be all right. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, though. None of those vampires eat hearts. All of those They all give it up to Lilith, though. Right? Lilith comes in every time and is like, meh. So it's the equivalent of, like, she's the house mom who's just super controlling and maybe has, like, self-esteem issues, so all these younger women are catching all the men, and then she's like, let me finish, let me finish. It's a fucking pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> and I mean, like, we've all been there. Like you the get Ave. sucked into a pyramid scheme. It's like the Avon of vampirism. <laughs> that's so great. What if it's just you an You just need to recruit profession? more underneath you. Oh, God, that's what it's all about, right? It's not about selling the products you own. It's about recruiting other it's people. It's not a pyramid. It's multi-level marketing. Oh, my mistake. It's just pyramid shapes. <laughs> the wraparounds in this are great, though, because William Sadler, who plays Breaker in Demon Knight, is the mummy that's playing, um, like, rock, paper, scissors with the Crypt Keeper. The Crypt is really cool in this movie, and... It made me sad that the movie wasn't great because they had this really amazing haunted house set. And I'm like, yeah. why didn't you just film something in this fucking haunted house? It would have been amazing. Exactly. Oh. Do you remember the show in the mid-90s? It was like a Tales from the Crypt spinoff spinoff. And it was a game show. And people had to do... Like oh. spooky. T it was like Temple Run, but for Tales from the Crypt. It was like Cemetery Gates or something. I can't remember, but it was, I swear to God, it was Tales from the Crypt themed. And I only saw like three shows of it as a kid and it disappeared from my life because this was pre-internet. So I, I just thought it was my imagination. What if it was? I don't think it was. <laughs> I swear to God, there was like a Tales from the Crypt. I, I do seem to remember a, t a game show with kids where they were going through like a, through a cemetery. Yeah, and I think they were like 14-year-olds. It was like brother and sister teams or something. Probably. I remember a very, very similar game for Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. It was I like, remember that game, It too. was like the exact same show, but in a in a graveyard, in, at least in my mind. I don't, I don't think it was a graveyard. I think it was in front of like a big haunted house set. Oh, that's wicked. Fuck. Haunted houses usually have graveyards. We need to get on the YouTube, because I bet it would be on the YouTube. Oh, don't call it the YouTube. We call it the YouTube. I just said pre-internet, John. I've dated myself. So ratings. What would you rate this movie? I am going to give this, with the two-point Keeper bump, a one out of four. Oh, <laughs> shit. It is awful. And it's watchable, but you either have to be, like, drunk or with a bunch of people. I think I've watched this movie with a crowd before. And when I say crowd, I mean, like, friends. But... I don't think any of us actually paid attention to it. And it's that's the thing, too, is I thought I watched this movie from beginning to end, but there's a big gray area where the, the middle of the movie is. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you just look over at the screen when shit gets loud. Like, and, oh, I get it. Yeah. The movie's a wash. And, yeah, for me, uh, one out of four as well, because I really don't like this movie. <laughs> I really don't. I And the funny thing is, like, I know that Demon Knight is probably no better but I enjoy Demon Knight. I think it's a better cast, is what it comes down to. I don't like anybody in Bordello of Blood. Even Chris Sarandon's not great in it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think, like, Chris Sarandon, I see him in this, and I'm like, what are you doing in this? Yeah, like, maybe he was just a huge Tales from the Crypt fan. He thought it was a funny yeah, script. Yeah, see, and that's the thing, too, is so many people have either been in, directed, written, so many people have been involved in Tales from the Crypt. The Tales from the Crypt reboot, though, would have done amazing, and it's so unfortunate that they couldn't sort out the rights because it would have done so well. Plus, they were going to have M. Night Shyamalan, and he can write a good spooky story. I know not all of you agree, but... Yeah. Yeah, so... Demon Knight wins. Definitely. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys. Yeah, and... what's your favorite Tales from the Crypt movie? <laughs> 
favorite question mark Tales from the Crypt See, movie? and the thing, it's so hard to talk about these films critically because I now that we've done it, I really wish we hadn't have because I'm not going to stop watching these movies <laughs> because they're Tales from the Crypt movies. Yeah. I just wish they had to have gotten the chance to do their third movie and that it was a good movie. Um, what was that? They were going to do one called Dead Easy, and it was supposed to be set in New Orleans, and it was yeah. going to be really cool. And there was one called Body Bags, but I don't really remember what that one was about. Yeah. And they did kind of do a third movie, but then they didn't, but then they re-released it with like the Tales from the Crypt branding, but nobody talks about it, so I don't know if anybody considers it a Tales from the Crypt movie. And Tim Curry's in it. Is he? Yeah. <gasps> I haven't seen it. What? Wikipedia tells me. So confused. I have no idea. All right. Well, that's it from us this week. Um, yeah, let us know what you thought of this Tales from the Crypt. No, tell us what you thought about the episode. Oh, no. <laughs> um, tell us what you thought about Tales from the Crypt movies, if you've watched them recently, which one you liked better. There will be a poll on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. And while we've got you still here, if you can leave a quick rating or review on the app or Whatever platform you're listening to it on, it really helps us get the show in front of more people. And of course, this show is supported by fiends like yourself. Head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on Film Street to check out all the cool bonus content and goodies that you can get for becoming a monthly supporter for as little as 50 cents per episode. Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the Nightmare on Film Street. Ow! Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.